equities have bounced up off the lows. Today's weakness was not just in reopening and economically dependent companies. It was also in some of the tech and the growth stories as well. Though those recently have been saving the bulls, of course. Michael Lucas is back, CEO at Truemark Investments and True Shares. Mike, so cloud stocks are so close. They're getting so close to those highs, but they haven't broken through yet. Should we expect them to do so? Yeah, I mean, I think so, Oliver. You know, it, I feel like every other time we speak, the world's ending out there, right? I mean, we've got we've got lots of factors heading on, and now today it's it's a slowdown in, in retail sales. I think that you're going to start to see a shift away from the cyclicals and back to you know the secular growth. And the best secular growth story I know, and we've been talking about it for you know a year or two now, is the globalization or the digital uh, transformation of the global economy. And, and it's it's there, it's irreversible. These are not dependent upon uh, pandemic uh, lockdowns, it's not dependent on interest rates, it's dependent upon the transformation of the global economy to a digital format. And you know, I think that if you see weakness in any of these names right now, buy the dips because it's, you know, these stories, they've, they've been monsters for a couple of years. They've been beating earnings consistently and uh, they've been doing it again here in Q2 uh, and a few more look to report soon here. Uh, the whisper numbers are well above estimates. So yeah, I think that story holds true. I think it's always been there. I think it's gonna reassert itself. Now we might see a little bit of weakness in the cyclicals. Mike, uh, a few of the stocks that are on your mind today, uh, Datadog, Zscaler, Crowd, these have recently made new highs. If we take a step back and look at the overall sector or some of the thematic funds, tracking cloud, and that's what I reference when I say just below those February highs. What do you make of the big push we got since May that hasn't quite eclipsed those previous records yet if we look at it from a sector standpoint? Uh, should we be analyzing this as like a second COVID wave that didn't quite get to where we were? I mean, this has been happening as Delta's been going on. Has that been playing a role? I don't think so. You know, I, I think hmm. we would have seen a little more strength uh, in, in the recent term if Delta was really playing the role. I think people are coming to the realization, even as you know, we went through, I, I guess we'll call it a three to six month period where we were seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, uh, I think the story was we wanted to see a couple of earnings cycles from these secular growth stories and see where they land. I think investors are starting to realize that their earnings are proving out, the momentum is carrying through, and I don't think that this is a, a redux of the work from home trade, for example. I think this is a realization that these secular growth stories have legs and they've got plenty of runway. And we're early in the you know the, the cloud transformation game. And that momentum is going to stay with us regardless what happens in the macro environment. As you mentioned, you, you see a potential rotation from some of the cyclical stuff back into these secular themes as people realize the stickiness of uh, their secular trends. Uh, I'm looking at airlines in a bear market right now off the highs, Mike. I'm looking at the Jets ETF down 23.5% since May. I mean, how much of that rotation has happened? And do you think that it has to come at the cost of these companies? What I'm trying to figure out is if you think there's an extended selling period coming here for some of these companies that are already in bear markets, these economically dependent reopen stocks. Yeah, well, it's it's degrees of pain for them, right? I mean, I think we saw it early on in the obvious ones. You know, as Delta started to rear its ugly head again, you, you've got some slowdown. I mean, I saw it, you know, I flew recently, I saw, uh, 
you know, a, a half empty plane again for the first time in a few months. Uh, yeah. So you know, I think that rolls through. But now we're seeing a weakness in Home Depot. You know, we're, we're seeing weakness in some of the areas that seemed a, a bit defensive or a little bit Teflon, you know, during the, the slowdown. So I think there's a combination of things out there in the environment right now. One is certainly, you know, there's inflation. Uh, and there's some now there's some trepidation that the light at the end of the tunnel was a head fake. Uh, you know, maybe we're going back into some issues here. So I think consumers are, are getting pretty wary again. And I think the reality is that secular growth trends that are still intact, as I said, there's one that's going to be out there regardless of what happens in the macro environment. And that's the, the digitalization of the global economy. Uh, so, you know, our airlines and cruise, yeah, cruise is going to get hit. So on your know, leisure going to get hit. Yeah, probably. Uh, they'll probably see more pain than some of the other cyclicals. But the reality is we're seeing it uh, show its face, uh, show some pain in areas that we hadn't seen previously. Hmm. And I think that's probably going to be uh, a little bit more concerning to investors as they stare, stare down the cyclicals right now. We've got uh, some damage in some of those cyclicals in some of these reopened stocks. Days like today, though, it looks like maybe there is still a broader kind of macro money concern. We've got tech companies down. LRNZ, uh, the fund for, from your firm that tracks some of these uh, AI and cloud themes uh, down 2% today. I mean, what does that look like to you? Is that a market worried about uh, liquidity, worried about what's happening at the Fed? Is there a different uh, type of uh, energy in this uh, uh, selling today? And how does that factor in when you think about what's going on with the Fed? It seems like we all always come back to that discussion. Yeah, I mean, I, like it's, you know, as your previous guest said, we all expect the Fed to be hawkish right now. I don't think that's going to change much. The timeline seems pretty reasonable to me. Uh, so how much is that flowing through the system? And is the market digesting that? Uh, Probably some, uh, but again, that's you know my point here is that we've seen this before. We saw it in Q1. We saw it you know early in Q2 when the rotation was there, and then the Fed was the issue, and there was some weakness in in a lot of these secular tech stories. Uh, but those that dipped their toe in at those levels paid off, and you know I think uh, that story moving forward is if you see an opportunity, if you see weakness, then you should really think hard about entering a, a, a secular growth story with a lot of runway here, um, you know, even as the macro story starts to sort itself out. Uh, but yeah, there's, I think there's a little broader selling because of the uncertainty, you know, whether it be the Fed, whether it be Delta, whether it be weakness in retail. Uh, so yeah, that's gonna, that'll permeate the markets in the near term and then it'll shake itself out and, and hopefully we'll see these uh, fundamentally accelerating secular growth stories start to take the lead again. And Mike, uh, before we let you go, we got the closing bell coming here. But one last subject on uh, specifically the cloud realm. We've seen M&A play a bigger role here. And it seems like when the big companies uh, do go that route, there's a little pressure, whether it's Okta and their deal, Salesforce never made highs after the Slack deal. Do you see more of that M&A coming? And is that uh, going to change the way we think about these businesses if they're buying growth? Yeah, I, mean, I think it does, right? When they have to go out and buy growth to sustain that that um, that hyper growth momentum, it's a little bit of a red flag. Uh, so, you know, if you've saturated your market share to that extent, uh, that doesn't mean it, it turns into a bad investment or a bad company. It just changes how you view it. I mean, maybe it shouldn't be in your, you know, your your growth portfolio at that stage. Uh, mm. But the reality is, yeah, when you start to see acquisitions, I think people start to dig a little deeper into market share. 
uh, into your potential verticals and where the growth is going to come from moving forward. So the name of the game here is to identify those companies that still have several years of runway left before that becomes the situation. Uh, you know, once they become a category killer, then your growth becomes a little harder to find. Uh, and, and they'll continue to search for those verticals or those acquisitions. So M&A mm. will definitely be a part of it. It's going to be part of the upper echelon. Uh, and as we've always seen in tech, it's a winner-take-all scenario, and the also-rans tend to get either uh, you know, merged or, or snapped up or you know, fall by the wayside. Yeah. So we'll always see that M&A activity. In some cases, it means that you know the number two or the number three in the space is getting gobbled up by the number one. And in other cases, it means... You know, some of these more mature companies are really searching for growth because they've saturated their market. All right. Uh, like that analysis, Mike, thanks for taking us here into the closing bell today uh, with an encouraging uh, message on the potential still in these secular growth names. Michael Lucas is the CEO at Truemark Investments and TrueShares, LRNZ, one tech fund that capitalizes on that discussion.